Hey, y'all, we are finally back. To everyone listening, a huge thank you. The show has been on an incredibly long break, so thank you for riding with me. I know Valentine's Day is past, but around this way, we celebrate love 24-7. And today, we'll be celebrating Black love specifically. So we'll be joined by two different couples, starting with Amber and AD. So welcome to the show. Thanks. Thank you. Awesome. So now, before we dive into the couple's questions, I want to ask Amber something directly. So you're bisexual. Have you ever felt like that was always honored by people and respected? Or was it ever dismissed, disrespected, or treated negatively? Um, I mean, yeah, kind of mixed. Because I'm not, like, out to my family. Um, I'm really just, like, out to, like, really close friends. So, and I know how my family would feel about it. And I know that I'm like with a cis man. So that's like a whole thing where people's going to ask like, well, so that doesn't, does that mean that you're going to like step out on him or I don't know, like the whole thing, there's this thing that people feel like bisexual people are so promiscuous and can't like be in monogamous relationships or whatever. So it really just depends on the person. A lot of my friends are like bisexual. So like they don't care. Most people don't care. But there are like people who are like, oh, you're not bi because you're you've only dated straight men, or you know, or like think that I am going to like leave him for like a woman or something stupid. So it really just depends on the people. Gotcha. Now, the reason that I ask is because some bisexual individuals have noted that they felt like their identity wasn't respected. So now moving on to the couple's questions, how'd you two meet? So we actually met at my alma mater of the University of Memphis. And I was the president at the time for my fraternity. And I was getting my getting my tie on to meet our president president of our fraternity. And her and her mom were walking on camp and they saw me and they saw that they were uh they were my uh sister organization so they came and introduced themselves to uh to me while we're trying to get ready and everything and from that moment on we um we exchanged contact information and kind of went on from there awesome cool so now I want to know what's the most memorable moment or date that you've had. You want to go first? No. Okay. Well, for me was when we got engaged. Um, he put together this really elaborate like theme to make to like throw me off. He said that I was that we were going to dinner with somebody because his friend had gotten engaged and it was to celebrate him being like one of their groomsmen but turns out it wasn't even that the people weren't even in I don't even think they were in Nashville at the time like they he called got another one of his friends to call and make an excuse that they for some reason they couldn't come to the restaurant but the reservation was still there so I'm all dolled up and like ready to go to the restaurant and you know the people that we were going to meet just suddenly aren't there. We get to the restaurant. The manager of the restaurant is walking around talking to everybody else's table. And we don't only black folks in there. And I'm like, okay, so why he didn't come to our table? Why he not talking to us? Turns out he just wanted to give us privacy. And, you know, I look over at Adarius 
uh, after we like finished eating and he starts monologuing to me and like telling me about all these things about how special I am to him, how much he loves me and whatever. And so I'm like, oh, okay, he's about to propose. And then he pulled out the ring and I like was screamed and I screamed and I was really excited and then the restaurant cheered and they brought out the dessert and it was a really good time. And I will forever remember that time and all the thought that he went into making it really a special night for me. That's beautiful. How about you, AD? So it was one of our uh, first trips that we went on with each other. We went to, was it Chattanooga? I don't know. No, Clarksville. Clarksville. And it was for a New Year's Eve party. And we got to, just to really, you know, explore each other in a different type of way with the different people that we hung out with that night. And I mean, it was definitely a, a great time because we got to meet a lot of new people and got to have fun. And it was just something to always remember on that night. So, um, just, like I say, it just one one of those good nights. Gotcha. So, describe each other in one word. I was. I can definitely say for uh, Amber, it's it's caring because no matter who the person is, she's always want to give back and always care for that person, even if they upset her in some type of way. So she always had a very caring, nurturing um, attribute to herself that, that I always loved about her. Yeah, okay. uh, I would say that he's very ambitious. He just, I always admire how he's always, <laughs> I just always admire how he's always trying to do new things. He's always trying to like better himself and do better, whether it's his job or in his personal life, or, you know, he does um like a lot of exercise sports type stuff. And he's just always been really good at doing those things. Gotcha. Okay. Now, um, I'm a, okay, so we always talk about red flags. So what are some green flags that you saw in each other? Uh, so a green flag that I saw in him is that no matter how wild it was, the things that came out of my mouth, he never made me feel like I was different or like I was weird. He always just made me feel like I was just a unique and interesting person. And so when I like got those kind of responses from him, I was like, okay, this might be the one. Oh, one thing for me is a really good green flag. She's very open-minded. Um, that just, you know, I, I can't really hang out with a lot of people who are very close-minded when it comes down to, you know, how different opinionated people can be and uh, different ideas. Like, I always like to try to have an open mind when it comes down to new ideas, new restaurants, new anything. But if you do kind of like sit on that one thing all the time, it kind of just create that very boring atmosphere where you just, you know, you kind of get tired of it after a period, a period of time. So, like, she's always been open to try new things, 
and open to hear different ideas and different opinions from different people. And that's why I always admire it just that that the ability to be open minded is really is a good green flag for me. Okay. Now I'm about to dive a little bit deeper um, and ask um, a personal question. So with that being said, I want to talk about intimacy. So intimacy is more than just sex. What are some acts and displays of intimacy in your relationship? So one big thing is like when I'm like just on my phone or just watching TV on the couch and lay down, she'll just, you know, randomly come and uh, lay down on top of me and just put it put her head on the top of my chest and just, you know, lay down with me and just either get on her phone or watch TV with me, you know, just, just to do it. I don't have to ask or anything. She just kind of come and just lay her, lay her head on top of me. And that's one thing I really like. What about you, Amber? Uh, yeah. So for me, I'm really big on physical touch. Um, and there'll be some times where I, like, if there's, I don't know, if we're, like, laying in bed or if we're laying on the couch, he'll, like, hold, he'll be, like, holding my hand or hold me something, and he'll, like, do, like, a little extra squeeze, just, like, and it's just really comforting. Um, like, if I, if there's, like, times where we're, like, in bed together, and I, like, might move a little bit, and he just, like, pulls me in closer to him, it's just, like, oh, this is nice. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you. Now, dripping back, when did you know that you can trust them with anything? For me, when we one of the things when we first met is um, we went to school six hours away from each other, and he came to my school for my acapella competition. He rode in a car with my mom, and he had only met my mom one other time before then and I think we had only known each other for like maybe two months two or three months at this time and so he drove six hours in a car with my mom to come to a cappella competition to come hear me sing hear my group sing just because I asked him and I was like if I can trust you to do this and like you actually go through with it and I didn't have to beg him or anything I was like I feel like I can trust you with you know with a lot of things mm -hmm. What about you, AD? Um, one thing I personally don't like doing is to celebrate my own birthday. That is always something I did never like because to me, something always bad happened around that time. So she always tried her best to change my perspective when it comes to my birthday by doing really nice, elaborated stuff just to make me feel special on that day. I could kind of get out of that mindset so you know usually I just you know I'm not a big person on people saying happy birthday to me or anything like that but she definitely be very forward and like put banners up saying you know happy birthday to me like it it made me feel really special so I knew like I can really trust her when it comes down to other stuff but like that really opened op made me more vulnerable to her where I can trust her with, with more um, personal information about me and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. And when did you know, this is a question posed to both of you, that you met the one? I knew I met the one when um, I was going through a really dark time in my life. And she stuck right next to me during that time. Where I just kind of wanted to give up and just kind of decide to be alone, but she fought tooth and tooth and nail to stay right next to my side, even when I didn't want nobody to be right next to me. So I knew right there if she was willing to be there in my darkest time in my life, I knew she was gonna be the one that I'm gonna need for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. yeah and so for me it's still that moment when he came to my school to um to hear me sing it I I had had such a hard time with dating before then where I could not I dated guys who went to the same school with me and wouldn't go to that competition with to like you know hear my group perform so knowing that I had a guy who was willing to drive six hours it's really like one of those things of like if they want to they would yeah. um so for me, just knowing that he was willing to put in the effort, he didn't care that, like, you know, my mom could have been crazy for all he knew, but he was still willing to, like, be in a car with her for six hours and be vulnerable with her um, and be vulnerable with me. And when he came, he was just, like, he knew I was busy, so he found things to entertain himself. He wasn't, like, acting, like, all bored or acting like I need to really give him attention or entertain him while he was there. Um but, I just knew that, like, if this person can, like, coexist with me while I have my own things going on, then this is definitely the one for me. Yeah, I could kind of think, <laughs> like, she was practicing um, to get ready for the concert, so I knew I couldn't disturb her or her group, so I just kind of went on for a walk in, in downtown Knoxville, <laughs> and she was like, where you at? I'm like, I don't know. I'm, like, near the Sun Spirit thing, and she's like, are you downtown? I'm like, like, 15 minutes from the school? I'm like, yeah. I mean, you were busy, so I'm just explore the area to see how Knoxville is. I mean, I'm not going to bug y'all until, you know, after the competition. I say, y'all got to focus. So, yeah, I'm exploring Knoxville right now. So, <laughs> it's usually kind of shocked that I've kind of done that off the whim, but I didn't want to be more, I didn't want to make her more nervous or be more of a distraction when, you know, this is a big, you know, one of bigger competition that they, we're going uh trying to do that day. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important to be able to exist outside of another person. So I'm glad that you know you gave her her space and her time to do her thing and just you know supported her. So that's awesome. So, question: What does black love look like to each of you? So for me. It looks like um, somebody who understands, who like gets it. I've dated outside my race before, um, but it's nothing like dating a black man who just gets it. Like there's certain like song references and movie references that you just make, or like even cultural references, wanting to go somewhere and play spades and not have to teach your partner how to play spades. Um, Just certain things that, you know, culturally that I don't have to explain or that I don't have to teach to somebody. So he just gets it. And I really love that about him. 
also with him being a black man um I like get to let him be vulnerable with me he's like I mean he is a very strong black man like physically and emotionally um but sometimes I just get to be the comfort for him where if he's like you are strong but like right now you are like not okay or like right now you are upset you are sad you're mad you are just like it's okay for you to have this breakdown and be vulnerable with me right now and sometimes I just have to be that kind of reminder and safe place for him of like you don't have to be strong 24 7. yeah I think the biggest key to black love in my eyes is vulnerability like if you can't if you can't shed that tough skin off at times and where you can honestly cry to your partner when you're going through a hard time in life then you just gotta, gotta kind of think to yourself like is this truly going to be the one person that you can actually be with because if you can't be vulnerable to your partner then you're going to really have a hard time in your relationship because that's very key that's to me that's a little bit stronger than you know trust and honesty you got to be vulnerable and like again like i can be tough and i can be mean like i've been told i can be mean tough asshole all <laughs> all that good shit but sometimes you know you don't have to be that to your partners and you can be like i said i had my tough days where uh i needed someone to talk to and she was there too comfort me when I had those tough times and um because a lot in my family I got to see a lot of black divorces mm-hmm. so um seeing black love is is something I don't really see so I had to learn it especially during my time where a lot of my exes were you know I had to learn from the relationships because even though there were those were exes and, and you know we had our good and bad times, I had to learn that let you know learn lessons from that so I could be a better man for the woman that I'm about to marry my you know right now. So if you if you don't take those lessons um, from your past relationships, then the person you're going to be with going to just be hurt from all the from all the uh, hurt that you received from all your other past relationships. Mm-hmm. For sure. And then on a related note, how do you feel your Blackness impacts your love? I think it impacts it in a way that we connect in a way that sometimes white couples don't, specifically white couples. Because I know a lot of white couples who don't talk about politics, and I don't understand how, because being Black, politics, like, impacts our day-to-day lives, so it's just impossible, and that's just another, like, point of intimacy for us, of us understanding, like, where we align politically, what we think, like, we don't always agree on everything, uh, because he has, like, a military background, and I'm very, like, (laughs) not military, and so, but that's also a point of where we can learn more from each other, and get different perspectives, and grow more as people, but I think if it wasn't for the fact that we were Black and we have the historical context of how the government has impacted our lives and our ancestors and our family before us, that I don't think we would have that kind of connection and that kind of solidarity. Yeah, I might agree with everything you just said. 
he pretty much said what honestly better than what I could have said. So I'm about to go be uh be behind her on that one. Okay. So what one wish for your future together? And I want answers from each of you. One wish. Mm-hmm. Mm. You want me to go first? Nah. Okay. I wish she's gonna be clingy. I'm just, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> I just, <laughs> cause we just we were just joking about that earlier. So uh no, one wish is um I hope she don't ever um close her mind. I hope she don't always stay open minded where we always open to new ideas to our relationship where it can always stay fresh and new. Um, I think that's really key to having a very healthy relationship where complacency can be good sometimes, but it can also be the end of a relationship. So having that open mindedness, um, mind that open mindedness to again to new ideas and new um, new ideas can really um, like I said, keep our relationship fresh and new. You stole my answer because <laughs> I was going to say that I I hope that we continue to grow and go on adventures together. I know both of us, um, we like to travel, but we're also people who like to explore just in the city that we're in. So I just hope that that never ends for us, that we get to keep exploring new restaurants, keep Exploring new activities and stuff to do in that, um, and wh- wherever we go, wherever life takes us, and that you know we just don't become one of those boring, complacent couples. Complacent couples, complacent. Mm-hmm. I don't know words. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I love it. So, um, my audience knows that I love games. So, for today's episode, I'm gonna do my own version of Pick Your Poison. I don't know if you're familiar with it or not. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick two weird options from a stack of cards and you tell me which one you think the partner would choose and we'll see if you're right. Okay? Yeah, okay. Hey, I'm so unpredictable so this is that to be fun. <laughs> okay. So who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay. So two choices and which one do you think that Amber would choose? So choice A have hair growing inside of your mouth or choice two use sandpaper as toilet paper uh sandpaper <laughs> yeah definitely she loved the scene so that was the easy one right there i also just enjoy food and yeah hair in my mouth would make that not pleasant mm-hmm. okay cool next round let's see here um so have all your illnesses treated by a 12th century doctor or text your mom saying help and then don't speak to anyone in your family for a month (laughs) this is for him this is for him to see which one you would choose what he thinks oh oh okay oh can you repeat that i thought this was her turn yeah no problem so um, the options were have all your illnesses treated by a 12th century doctor mm. or text her mom, like she'll text her mom help and then not speak to anyone in her family for a month. Just take an option. 
they're gonna have to. I guess I don't know. <laughs> I guess so, but I, that would be still really hard. Uh, I don't know. No, I'd rather no, I'd rather die. For real? Oh, okay. I can't. I couldn't do that to my family. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So last round for AD. Um, do you think she'd rather eat the contents of the nearest garbage can? Or eat only wet cat food for the rest of her life? Oh, the garbage. Oh, no. I'd much rather eat cat food. For the rest of your life? Yes. I for mean- the rest of your life. So you, you talking about, no, you talking about, we just got done about saying not being complacent. You better be complacent on cat food. All right, then. Cat, there are varieties of cat food, but they're all, they're like human grade cat food. Eating the contents of the trash. There may not be that much trash in the garbage can. She can say a full garbage can. Then that means I eat nothing. <laughs> no. She said for that day, not for the rest of your life. Oh, wait, was it for that day? Yes. Yeah, just for that day. Oh, See? okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. If I have to eat out of the trash can for one day. You're talking, yeah. about, cat, you're talking about eating cat food for the rest of your life. All right, I'm best to call you kitty from now on. <laughs> Awesome. So now it's Amber's turn. Okay. So, which do you think you rather? So, be invisible to drivers whenever you step into a crosswalk, or <laughs> go to jail for ten years for a crime you didn't commit. Uh, he'd rather. He'd much rather be invisible because he would probably cause an accident because he's a menace. <laughs> I don't do jail time. That's one thing I don't do. So. Yeah, that's that's the easy one right there. Nah, I ain't doing no jail time, especially for no crime that I didn't commit. So you're invisible in the crosswalk. You could possibly get hit by a car. I take that any day over jail time. There's a lot more more you can do. It. So, yeah, most definitely. <laughs> I feel it. I feel it. <laughs> okay. So, am I invisible? If, am, am I invisible in jail? <laughs> no. And we're going to go with visibility, really. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So the next set says, um, forget how to speak your native language or be banished to Antarctica. Yeah, this is redundant for disability come in. <laughs> I think he'd rather forget his native language because he's, he wants to learn a different language anyway, but he doesn't like the cold. So I don't think he would like Antarctica. Yeah, I'll forget my native language. Okay. And then last round, only be able to walk on all fours or always have sand in your bed? Like you would be okay with having sand in the bed. You're right, because I sleep on the couch a lot. So that's fine by me. <laughs> she's, she's, she's the one who's going to feel it more than I will. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, and in the bed. So awesome. Thank you guys so much for being on the show, for answering the questions, for playing the game. I hope you had fun. And yeah, just thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. Yep. Thank you. Cool. So, all right, guys, we'll take a quick break and then we'll be right back. And we're back. 
Now we're joined by Janelle and Fred, who are also here to share their Black love with us. Now, she's made a previous appearance on the show discussing sustainability. And here's a cheap plug for y'all to go ahead and check out that episode, which is called Get It How You Live. So welcome back, girl. And to Fred, welcome to the show. Hey. Awesome. Now, Janelle, we were chatting on Twitter, um, and you shared a glimpse of how you and Fred came to be. I would love for you to just read that message and share it with the audience. Yes. So um, I had just recently got out of a relationship in October 2022. I just recently got out of a relationship in October 2020, and I had a lot of feeling that I needed to do. Yet I went on dating apps at the end of the month as a joke, and I found Fred. We matched on Bumble and Tinder that night, and after some texting, video chat the next day. Despite his height and him being an alpha, you know, they got the reputation. I took a chance because he was just so cute. We met up a couple of days later at his place because, um, you know, it was a pandemic. So we were still like limited, like going out in the city. But um, we were just trying to watch a show and we ended up talking this for hours and hours. And for the m- first month, we could hardly get through movies because of how much we like to talk to each other. We just enjoyed each other's company to the point where we could excitedly talk to each other about any and everything. I used to think Love at First Sight was like, total BS. For the first time I saw him, I just, I knew I was in love. And even though I was fresh out of a bad relationship, Fred gave me a space for my emotions to let me heal. He never makes me feel like a burden for my feelings. And we also like the same stuff. He's a huge blurred and he loves to go to cons and cosplays. He introduced me to Indian food and we talk about our international travels. Our politics are 99% identical. I didn't even have to teach him how to respect women. One of my friends asked me what I prayed for to find Fred, but really I prayed for myself. I prayed that I would, I would have a heart that was open enough to receive love from a good man and that I'd be in a position to grow myself into a better person every day. I know the dating game is frustrating, but I feel like you know your heart better than anyone else. So, you know, if you're using apps, the best thing to do is just get from the text to the phone conversations ASAP because you get such a better feeling for the vibes. And, um, you know, anybody in Atlanta, if you ever need a wing woman, I'm more than happy to help. Awesome. So the first thing that I want to address, like you was talking about the reputation that alphas have, (laughs) you know, we're going to go ahead and say it. So the reputation that they have or that they hold. So (laughs) being real, we just gonna go ahead and name it. Um, But yeah, like, it's interesting, though, because I associate wholeness more with the Q dogs than I do with the alphas, but they can both be hoes. So (laughs) yeah. Um, I also want to call out the part where you said Fred gave me a space for my emotions and let me heal. So a good partner will do that. And then I often feel like the narrative is pushed that you always need to heal first or love yourself first. All of that makes one feel like they're unworthy or that they can't have love until we reach this pinnacle, which isn't true. Like self-love is a forever journey. You can work on that while finding love. Um, and we'll always have some healing to do um, and something to heal from. And so finding love doesn't need to come to a screeching halt during that period. And then I also want to call out where you said our politics are 99% identical and you didn't have to teach them how to respect women. So I wanted to talk about that real quick. So like you see articles all the time, especially with white women discussing coexisting with a partner of different political beliefs. and I just personally believe that that cannot work because as a black woman, for me, politics can literally be life or death. 
And I believe that you have to also learn one another. Um, you may have to teach them a few things, but you shouldn't have to teach them the bare minimum like respect. And so I feel like that's so rare these days and lacking. So I appreciate that about your relationship. And then this part right here is my favorite. Um, one of my friends asked me what I pray for to find Fred, but I really pray for myself. I pray that I would have a heart that was open enough to receive love from a good man and that I would be in a position to grow myself into a better person every day. I wanted to call that out again um, because I just love that. Anyways, so just to pry a little bit more and either you or both of you can answer. How did you establish a friendship? Just tell me more about building that foundation. Um, how we establish the friendship and building that foundation. I say what's really important and that what most people tend to uh, skip over is the fact that that keyword you said, friendship. Um, don't be too um, focused on establishing this thing like a type of relationship or trying to get ahead of it. Um, first, before anything, make sure that you actually genuinely like this person. And I don't mean you can tolerate this person. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you generally, generally like them. And um, not even I don't think, think, I know people don't do that now. They don't really go into uh, relationships, whether that be uh, for um, romantic relationship or friendship relationship. They don't go in um, really asking those questions. Um, why do I like this person? What do I like this person? Do I like this person at all? Um, People just kind of go with the vibes, you know what I mean? And, <laughs> and um, a lot of times, it's not that simple. You have to be willing to sit down and respect, um, figure out who you are. Um, and then also, at the same time, ask the other person it, and how, did, how those two things match together. Um, kind of goes back to something that you were talking about earlier um, when you were actually um, coming in on what Janelle said, which was the part about um, the part about um, how we have those conversations or everything. Um, yeah, it's just important. To, uh, I mean, no, not that part. The part where you're talking about how um, how it's important um, that you have the freedom to step out of yourself when you are having issues. Yes, it's really important um, that you don't feel isolated so that you yourself, um, you know, feel like you have to work this work through this stuff or you got to be the perfect person. But what is important is that you are willing to take the time to look at yourself in the mirror and say, okay, these are things I need to correct. Because if you don't address the fact that you have problems, then how can you possibly um, see clearly enough to see what issues could possibly come up in another person because you don't even know yourself. So, um, yeah, it's important that you introspect and you, um, you have the the calm-headedness to look at the other person in a relationship and um, what their qualities are and how they fit with their qualities. Gotcha. Thank you. Janelle, anything? Oh, <laughs> I, I just, I agree. You know, the friendship, um, in terms of just establishing that, when you move with intention into just meeting anybody, you have to figure out what is this and keep asking yourself the first couple of times, like, is this person really my friend? Do I want to be friends with this person? Do I want to stay or do I want to move this to another level? 
Or is it just somebody who I just eat lunch with every now and then? Gotcha. Okay. So now let's talk dating. So with this question, I like to hear from both of you again. So what is the most memorable moment or date that you've had? Okay. So it's hard to say, call it our most memorable moment because it's like moments that happen throughout our relationship. And it's just when we have those times where we can just sit and stay up and talk and just laugh. And I just like feel so safe and I'm just happy. And I like that it's not like a lightning in a bottle moment that I have to just hold with me and wait till it happens again. It's just, it's so frequent. Like it's just the highlight of this being with Fred. Um, I think that it's very similar to what she said. Um, but there is one specific moment, um, which was the first night we first met where we were having that conversation. And um, you can feel the difference um, in the air. And you can feel there was something there, like, um, immediately. And you can feel that it was different than, um, you know, just normal interaction. Um, it was this mutual, genuine interest between two people that was, um, it wasn't this weird feeling of, oh, I don't know this gonna go I don't know whatever um we're at a point where we didn't even have to think about those things because right now it was more like we were so entrapped about what was happening at that very moment that conversation um clearly being so genuine that you know the next day you know you're still thinking about it and trying to recapture that because uh just being real I haven't gotten the feeling um um before that was the first time I had gotten the feeling Mm -hmm. um so yeah it's it's um definitely something that's really memorable because it was the first time that i had that type of got you so going back to foundations what are some ways you show each other respect and admiration um i think yeah i think what it really comes down to is literally listening to each other and i don't (laughs) I know that sounds like very cliche or basic, but um, listening, communication, that's the word. Communication <laughs> is the lifeline of relationships. Um, and I'm not talking about, once again, just um, boyfriend, girlfriend. I'm talking about relationships, any relationship you make in your life. Communication is the lifeline. And what's wild about it is that even though it is the most basic element of um, everything, people don't do it. Um, I'm not saying they don't hear the other person. They may hear the other person, but they didn't really listen to the other person, uh, really try to comprehend what the other person is saying. Uh, They just try to talk over the other person. And um, when you really take the time to really listen to the other person, to really work together uh, as a team and as a unit, to address whatever uh, issues or whatever thing that they come up, um, what you find is nothing generally does come up because y'all listened to address it before it became a really bad issue. Perfect. So, um, yeah, in terms of respecting each other and, and you know, uh, and building that bond in that sense, um, listening and understanding what each other's uh, what each other's needs and wants is. What each other's uh, limitations for specific things, 
that's the most important thing. And also just making time for each other. Because yeah. um, as a couple, you know, you can always go on dates, always go out somewhere, go out with friends, go to parties and this and that. But if you don't make the time to just sit down and just exist with each other and talk to each other and actually like know who you're dating, then um, it's hard to just move forward when like it's hard. It's easy to get lost and just be a couple that just goes places and just exists as that. This is my my turn up friend versus my actual boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to call out something that Fred said. So he was talking about listening to like understand the other person. And I think too often people listen to respond. They don't mm. listen to understand what the person is saying and comprehending them on a deeper level. So I wanted to call that out. Um, but yeah, so another core foundation of relationship is trust. So how did you two learn to trust each other? And when did you know you could trust each other with everything? I feel like the trust really came naturally. Um, just there, there are things about Fred that I saw that maybe knew I could like trust him, um, like just in, in how he moves and how he interacts with other people. And I see how loyal he is to his friend and how much he cares about the things that are important to him and getting to his future. And so when I saw that that was what I wanted in a man, I'm like, I know I can trust him with telling him about who I am. And there's also been times where I've just, you know, I've cried in front of him. I've ranted about things that, you know, probably will never see the light of day. But just the fact that he gave me that space, you know, makes me feel that I can be safe enough to express myself and to keep expressing myself. Yeah. Trust really does come with time. Um, we live in a generation where people have been hurt so many times that they create calluses over their art. And they don't um, give an opportunity for people to trust. Uh, and what that does is it um, paints the relationship. Um, because the fact of the matter is, is you can't tell if you can trust somebody or not until you give them the opportunity in the first place. You have to take the steps and see how they respond, see how they act. And um, if you're hyper vigilant, hyper scared of being uh, you know, snapped at or, or, or you know, getting hit then not oh yeah it's a, but yeah, yeah. Then, then um then um you know the fact of the matter is that can't grow you know? um you have to give the person a chance to be trusted for you to trust them um regardless of how scary it is that that thing works Mm-hmm. And so my next question is, when did you know that you met the one? But from what I gather, y'all both kind of figured that out day one. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, I think I was a little hesitant to call him the one at first because um, you know, I was just out of a relationship, especially a long-term one. And um, But like Fred said, I never felt like that until I saw him. And so maybe it's just something in our heart that we just feel and we should just lean into and not run away from. Yeah. Um, the, when it, we first started dating, um, it was like that. It took time for 
me to be able to say 100% that that is what it was. But um, like I said, you know, over time, trust builds even more. Um, I already think I knew, not think I knew, I knew I knew um, that it was different from that first day. But for me to like completely put words down and say this is the one, um, I think that was something that kind of got compounded on that feeling. Um, it was already there emotionally, logically, but then like not long after. Just see things. See things and you feel things. And um, when what you see and what you what you see and what you feel lines up, um, you gotta ask yourself, um, which one it is at that time, but when they both line up, your logic and your emotion, then there's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Got you. So my pinnacle question, what does Black love look like to you? <laughs> um, Black love, and it kind of sucks right now because um, we have, uh, it kind of plays into a lot of music or about like generational stuff stuff that's happened over time. Um, black love is absolutely due. It happens when it happens correctly because um, due to a lot of things that have happened in our history and in our past as black people, um, the household, the standard household has been affected. Um, stereotype of the black man who isn't there for his, uh, his family um, isn't 100% a stereotype over time and it's something that has really happened and a lot of that comes down to stuff that has been passed down through cultures at the shops of stuff that's happened to us um but a real black love story is when uh both of those people come together and they're able to um to deny those cultural issues um the they're able to deny the uh the pain as a woman that they grew up seeing um, in black families and the uh, and they're able to like put aside the the um, the callous that I mentioned earlier that was created from the hurt they may have experienced or may have seen other people experience um, and trust and for the black man um, the same from a different perspective when he's able to uh, to take ownership of himself and um, not fall uh victim to the um to the toxic uh aspect of um some things that have been created with culture. Um both sides are able to uh to kind of come together and be there to foster, you know, a real relationship, a real bond, a real a line of communication, real thing trust. Uh that's black love to me beautiful. Um, there's so many things that you have to overcome to make it work, but when it does, you know, something different. I love how Fred has such a profound answer <laughs> to me. Light love is like the early 2000s McDonald's commercials where the <laughs> there was the black people, like, you know, McDonald's really trying to hire like diversify and you had just those black people just happy yeah. um they like they had the the natural hair coming in all happy like we're 
you didn't even see me downstairs. Uh-huh. You just saw people come together and somebody with a musician man play um, play a guitar with a scarf on yeah. and his girlfriend come in. Like everyone's just happy and soulful. And it's, like, it's a colorful thing. It's not, you know, some it's not something sterile where, you know, some relationships are transactional and stuff. No, like this black love is just this happy celebration of who we are. And it not just, you know, just multiplying when the more we get together and express that with others. Oh, that's that's beautiful though. Cause that <laughs> it kind of adds to um that that kind of elaborates on a big part of what I was saying and not going into, which is like the cultural aspect. Um, when I was saying beauty, that is the beautiful part. That's the beautiful part is the fact that we have such a vibrant culture as black America. Like it's like um it's something that, of course, because it's uh, happening in America and because our culture just puts on display, <laughs> people see a lot of it. But there are small things that only we know and only we see. And mm-hmm. that, you know, it's so beautiful when you get in rooms with black people and you ever have those conversations. So it's different. Clarity. I was at my job earlier today and we had, um, we had soul food. And. <laughs> Like no, no, seriously, like we had soul food and like uh one of my coworkers, he was like, he was like, oh no, that looked a little bit like grandma mac and cheese. And I was like, all right, I don't know about grandma, but you know, <laughs> and the white people they was looking around like, uh, because they didn't get it, you know what I mean? <laughs> like that, that um small things like that, where it's like, you know, I can talk about how my grandma mac and cheese is in, in the middle, in the, in the in your head, the image of what I'm talking about comes. Yeah, that's the culture. And having to put those same cultures together keeps it alive. Mm. And us, it's beautiful. That's yeah. mm-hmm. I love that answer. I was going to ask, like, how do you feel your Blackness impacts your love? And in a way, I feel like you guys have already answered it, but feel free to add anything. Um, I do want to add just a little bit to that because I know. Um, some people are so vehemently against interracial dating and everything. I'm not against it. I know it's not my style, but that's that's how everybody's different purposes. Personally, I feel like me being black, it impacts my love because I think about like <laughs> I think about like good times. Florida and James, they loved each other. That was at the core, it was love, but they also loved each other in the circumstances of being in the ghetto and um through all the oppression that they faced and yes we have our, our love at the end of the day but we still have to go outside at the beginning of the next day and experience the world as black americans and so um i think it makes us it makes our our love stronger because we lean on each other and we had we can share this experience and we can make it we can, we can make surviving this experience just a little bit more bearable because we have each other to go through it with. Yeah, I'm not, a, not against, um, against relationships of any type. Um, you know, I see value. Um, I see, yeah, the value in a relationship with somebody outside of the culture um, who has a different culture because you get to learn about their culture. That's good. But um, similar to what Janelle was saying, it's not exactly the thing that I look for specifically. Um, it's not something I would look for um, because, and it goes back to what we were talking about, about how being Black adds to it. Um, 
it's just there are different conversations you can have with somebody with your own. Um, yes, you know, eventually the other person will understand it, or maybe they already understand they grew up in a similar um, or in a similar environment. But um, it's just something different when you're able to have a conversation with somebody and popping ahead because they come from that culture. Um, and it's so strange to have to, uh, to to go through the aspect of explaining what you mean certain things. Like, I, actually, me, so now I had the same conversation. Like, uh, no, no, really, when we first got together um, years back, um, we were talking about um, her experience. We were talking about schools, but um, we were talking about her experience and her job at the time. And yeah. yeah, she was like, "Yeah, I'll say things in a certain way, in a certain tone, finale, or I'll um, or I'll say a specific phrase. And if the person was black, they get it, they laugh, or whatever. But when I'm saying it to someone white people at my job, they get <laughs> scared, <laughs> or they just don't get it. Like goes over their head completely. Is that though? Like, no, that's real. Having to explain your blackness is just kind of strange. Um, and." <laughs> It just sucks when you're with somebody who's supposed to be close to your partner and stuff like that happens. You have to explain your culture to them. Mm-hmm. We have to introduce them to the cha-cha slide. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the wobble. <laughs> Over a moment. Right. Uh, <laughs> got you, got you. So what would you say, each of you, is what one wish do you have for your future together? I, I got this um, first go around. So when Fred and I first met, he had this game called, like, it was a card game called So Dot Dot Dot. And it's supposed to help you have, like, conversations with people that you're trying to get to know. And one of the questions was, like, what do you see the future looks like? So maybe, I think we might have actually been together for a couple of weeks because we tried to finish the card deck. But anyways, mm-hmm. his answer was, you know, we're going to be um, old people and we're going um, to we're gonna be at this retirement home and we're going to go hang out with our grandkids. We're going to play um, racquetball whatever with our friends. But at the end of the day, we'd still see each other and just be happy. And so my wish for our future is just for us to have that, have that um, experience being old <laughs> together and um, having that fun life with each other. Gotcha. What about you, Fred? Is that still your one wish? Uh, yeah. Um, I don't remember saying that, but, but <laughs> oh, I agree with it 100% though, because like that's that is uh the future I want is to you know um be with my friends to be uh with our kids, with our grandkids, you know, to see our legacy. Um the to be at a spot where we've done everything that we wanted to do um in life and be able to uh, to just enjoy life, you know, um from that point on. Where there's no real strain in life um it's weird to say it's like it's kind of weird to say this but it's almost like i don't really think about it um as much because it's 
if some people may stare that and they're like, oh, wait, so you not like uh, have a big thickener or something? I think it's the opposite. I don't think about it a lot because I see it almost as like something that's going to naturally happen now. So it's like, like yeah, of course, you know, of course I'm going to do this. Of course I'm going to do that. So to put it to words, it's like, it's just this clear image of where I wanted to be at and where I would like. Um, and how I see it happening, um, play out. Um, yeah, it's it's just, yeah, I want to get a happy life. And I think it's possible. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're going to do round two for my balance fam. They were already listening, so they know how this goes. So what we're going to do is we're going to play my version of Pick Your Poison. So I'm going to pick two weird options from a stack of cards. And then you're going to tell me which one you think your partner would choose. And we'll see if you're right. So we're going to do three rounds per person. And we'll just see how well you know each other. Okay. So who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay. So you'll have to figure out which one you think Fred would go with. All right. Okay. So first round, lose one tooth per year until they're all gone. Or be unable to recognize anyone's face. Lose one tooth until they're all gone. I respond? Uh, yeah. Is that right? Oh, Dang! <laughs> <laughs> nah, I, 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 I'll just not recognize the face. That's the VR. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> you have like 30 something. Okay. I can do that. I mean, yeah, I be forgetting names all the time now anyways. <laughs> so I was just like, yeah, oh yeah, my bad, bro. I can't I don't know you I don't I don't space I have a I have a condition. And they'd be like, oh, okay. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'd rather do that than I'm leaving with some mouth every day. Walking around, no no nothing in there. <laughs> I got the next one. I know I got the next one. <laughs> okay. So the next one is have all your food chewed by another person before eating it, or have eyes that only work at night. Have eyes that only work at night. <laughs> yes. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. So third round, final Thank one. Yes. <laughs> Final one for you to guess for Fred. So lose your sense of smell or get stuck in an elevator that that's one person over capacity for two hours. How long are we losing sense of smell? Yeah. So that's a good <laughs> question. So the way this game works is you can ask questions like that. So I'm gonna say you lose your sense of smell for the same amount of time for two hours. Oh, he could lose his smell. He did it before. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't even know. That one's like a really hard one to answer because, like, I feel what? like I can do one. Like, <laughs> I mean, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, like two hours. If I know it's two hours, I'm stuck in this elevator. No, it's the anxiety of I'm stuck in this elevator with too many people. Oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> I know I'm going to lose myself. Okay. 
Okay. So now it's your turn, Fred. So, um, first one, constantly smell body odor that nobody else can smell or eat three pounds of butter in one setting. Body odor. Nobody can smell? Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, body odor. Nobody can smell or eat three pounds of butter. Yeah. Three pounds of butter in one setting? Um, <laughs> I, I like butter popcorn. That's all I was saying. All right. I mean, you don't need to be eating breakfast. Like, <laughs> so, I don't know how you can get through three pounds of butter, but okay. <laughs> hey, that's a, I know her better than her question. <laughs> Got you. All right. So the second one, lose all the pictures you've ever taken or erase the last 10 years from your memory. Lose all the pictures. Um, because you don't want me to forget about you. I don't think you want to forget about anybody. Yeah, I lose all the pictures. I feel like there would be somewhere. The streets don't forget. <laughs> okay. All right. So last one. Live on the top of a 20-story building with no elevator or have every bug you've ever killed come back to life and <laughs> infest your bedroom. I said the last part. They come back to do what? They come back to life and infest your bedroom. No, nah, she definitely don't want that person. Like, <laughs> I don't think she enjoy either one of those. But I don't see her being okay with um, an army of insects, you know, infesting her her room. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to think of how many bugs I've killed because. If I kill him once, I can kill him again. <laughs> Army? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I took out a whole ant power, so maybe. <laughs> a whole ant power plus everybody else, you zombie bugs. You zombie oh, ants. Then go up 20 flights. Um, what are you doing? Actually, you know, I, I probably wouldn't do 20 flights instead. Because bugs can't even go that far, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Awesome. So, yeah, we have completed the game. And I just want to thank you both so much for taking the time to appear on the show. Yes. Thanks so much for having us. Awesome. So, all right. Um, everybody stay tuned um, and check out more episodes. See y'all okay. later. Bye. Bye.